This is Lorraine Christie. Let's talk about it. Hello everyone, I hope that you are having a fantastic week. Um, I am currently recording this portion of the episode at the beach, so I'm sitting outside underneath the stars listening to the water, so if you can hear noise in the background, that's what you are hearing. Yes, so soak that up and be so jealous of me. I'm just kidding. This week's episode, I got to sit down with Nathan White and his wife, Ziamata, who go to my local church. And we just got to sit down and I got to hear their love story, how they met. They give me some advice on marriage. And we even discuss how culture can sometimes play a role in marriage. So without further ado, we will go ahead and just jump right in. Okay, I'll start with you, Nathan. What is something that would probably surprise people about you to know? That I'm, that I'm, I actually do not like big crowds. I'm not a crowd person. Really? I mean, like, I'm surprised. I never, never guess that. Yeah. I, the bigger the crowd for me, like when we go to theme parks and stuff, I can't, I'm, I, it makes me uptight and I get kind of like. A, Just because maybe you don't know, like the people or just too many people around you i think it's a mixture of both not knowing people around and then too many people around and like you can't like kind of see like from all angles to know where people are coming from yeah sometimes that happens like if i'm in the middle of somewhere and people can come from the back to the side it's like i want to get against the wall so i can see Yeah, that's usually when i walk when i walk into a restaurant if i choose where to sit i'm usually in a in a corner where i'm facing like the door so you the can see door. everybody. So I can see everything. That's, that's interesting. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> okay, so I'll go with you. What is something that would probably surprise people about you? I don't... I really don't know. I guess where I grew up, everybody knows everything about me. Yeah. It's just here. I think it's really different because I'm not... I have to. I don't know. The culture here is a little different, so I just kind of like stay off, like far away, just to, you know, kind of more towards yourself because it's just adjusting still. Do no, you think- not just adjusting. It's just, you know, like when you grow up a certain way, it's just, it's just hard to adjust into the culture of somebody yeah. else. But I don't. I don't hear. There's a lot of things people don't know about me. Yeah. Out there, it's just everybody So you could tell that. us anything and we'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm always late for everything. Okay. See, I, I didn't notice that. I'm and always... Nathan's usually always on time. Do you think that's helped you? No. No. <laughs> now, I, I feel like Nathan's getting late <laughs> About when we were dating. Um, oh, yeah. And <laughs> the very first time I went out there, and we were going to, was it a Sunday night service? We were going to a service, and and I, I got there, and I was like, okay, what time is prayer? We got to be there. What time is, you know, we got to be 
10, 15 minutes early before prayer. And yeah. So we all, we both, we all walk in and stuff into the um, church and everybody about had a heart attack they because Siamata was there <laughs> they early. <laughs> and they're like, wow, he's changing you? <laughs> but then we got married, no. <laughs> you're still, you guys, like, you haven't balanced out. We're like, if you're always late, he's always way over time. Have you guys just been, you guys seem to be pretty. Uh, oh, well, because he's rushing me to yeah. get out. And I understand that he likes to be on time. And yeah. we're always there on time when well, he's Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of late too, so to me, it's, I'm probably there after you guys. I don't notice if you got there early or late. Yeah, but like when Sunday mornings, when he's at practice, he leaves early. I have to leave later. Yeah. I don't get there till like 10 05, 10 10, maybe 10 yeah. 15. Yeah. <laughs> but. And I see you Do you think that's a Mexican culture? Because I've heard. I'm a Mexican, like, no. so I really yeah. don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a Latino it's culture. A Latino. Okay, maybe that's it a better is. word. Everywhere in Latin America is like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, when we, when we were preparing <laughs> for ITW, that was one of the things that they told us going to Belize. They said, they said, be prepared because you have to flow with the culture. And going to a Central American country, they may say, we're going to start at 6, and it might be like 7, 7.15 before they start. Yeah. And being in a very Americanized culture, an American culture, a lot of times it's kind of rude to be late it's considered yeah. to rude to yeah. be late but in the latino culture it's like don't rush me yeah now i think that anything. could probably be one of the things that i'm very um different i'm not americanized like i'm americanized but i'm hispanic so i don't fit in either one of the cultures so i'm i can hang out with all the spanish folks but they're i'm so americanized for them for them that it's just i don't fit in but with the Americanized, like American American people, I'm too Hispanic. <laughs> yeah, I'm too Hispanic to be American because I have the both cultures in me, and and it's so many people like myself from where I come from that we were like, okay, we understand each other, and we yeah. spoke. It could be black, white, Hispanic. I mean, anybody. Yeah. But we all were together. It didn't matter what color we were, but it was just that that culture of the Spanish and American. It was very good. Mix, like, yeah. Balance. Parents yeah, being super, Hispanic. super roots where they come from. Mm -hmm. The children being too American to fit in with the parents' culture, but yet yeah. too like the parents' culture to fit in with most of normal. And teens. I think that's one of the main things that I have trouble with in, in anything that I do, work, friendships, everywhere. It's just I only like I can like attract people like myself who are Hispanic and Americanized. Yeah, I'm too American. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just very weird. Yeah. It's just very strange. And there's so many people like myself. Yeah. Like, from where I come from, there's uh -huh. more more than you can think of that are... They would speak Spanish, Portuguese, or they speak some other language, but they understand, okay, I'm not American, but I'm not whatever other culture my parents... Panamanian, Honduran, or... Because each country has their own culture as well. Yeah. So it's like it's really it's one of those like oddballs. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's so. One thing how that did you end up with the real American? <laughs> he spoke Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually had uh, brother Galindo. He was my Spanish pastor mm -hmm. at one point, and he he is one of like myself, like the not fit to be either either one. Yeah. And he uh, 
noticed that in the church that I grew up, there was a lot of us. Mm-hmm. There's probably 20 people, 20 young people that were like us. Mm-hmm. That we were, we couldn't fit either, either way. Either box. You couldn't yeah. be checked into either box. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't. We just didn't fit. And so he, he felt like I, I need to, you know, bring somebody in who understands. Or the Kelly Nix, his dad was a missionary to Peru, mm-hmm. Robert Nix. Mm-hmm. Brother Kelly Nix is pale as can be. Yeah. But he was in Peru, and he didn't fit in there. Came back here, he didn't fit here because all he knew was Spanish. Yeah. And so he taught us, you know, when you get married with somebody, you need to marry somebody who understands your culture. Yeah. Who you are. You're neither one, so you have to find somebody in that area. Yeah. And where I came from, we were all the same. So it's like, and I grew up with everybody, so I just couldn't marry anybody. Yeah. I had, I had actually gotten to the point when I, that year I met him, I told my best friend, I said, look, this conference, I wanted to be spiritual. Don't let, if I, if any guy comes up to me, punch my face, <laughs> punch me as hard as he can and knock me up. Just, it's not for me. This is not my year to get married or find anybody. Uh-huh. I told him that. And my pastor's wife, Sister Goder, came up to us the next following service. She said, this year, this year is your year, ladies. And I told, sister, I told my friend, I said, no, it's not. I promise you, it's not my year. Please, God, don't let it be my year. And that was my year. So it was prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> it was prophetic. It was God. Okay, that's what I need to say. God, it's not my year. It's not my year. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the key. So how exactly, I mean, either one of you can pick, but, I mean, how did you meet? Or, like, how did your story? That's funny because to transition from that answer, I had kind of reached that point too. I was like, I feel like something big is going to happen when I go out to this conference. Uh-huh. If it is that I meet my wife, great. Uh-huh. If it's just that God just pours his spirit out on me, that's that's really my focus. Uh-huh. And But then I, I found my wife. And so we, um, the way that we met was, that was your question, right? Yes. <laughs> so... Um, the way that we actually met was um, Andrew Simpson had invited me out to New York to visit. And he was like, there's this great conference in North Carolina. Let's go. It's East Coast Conference. It's like it's like the no limits of the East Coast. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. All of that. And so I was like, yeah, let's go. And so like I said, I kind of reached that point and I was like, if it happens, great. If not, yeah, okay. Got to hang out with your friend for... Exactly. My best friend for years, you know? Yeah. And so, so when we went out there, um, a mutual friend of ours invited us to, they, like, they were having, like, a, after the first night service, they were having, like, this little party at a friend's house and so, mutual friend invited us to go over there and so, I went over we went over, and they were actually trying to hook me up with a couple of other girls that, if you know me, just were not my type. Yeah, Nathan, as always, like Mexicans. Oh, well. Latinos, <laughs> Latinos, yeah. And so, they were trying to hook me up with a couple of girls that are like, blonde hair, blue yeah. eyes, you know, stereotypical pretty girl or yeah. whatever, but... That's, that's not my type. So we walked in into the to the party, and then um, out of all of them, I saw Siamada, and I thought, "That's my type. That's that. She's the one." Mm-hmm. And so I winked at her. She fell out. No, she didn't really fall out. But um, I winked. I was winking. I just 
kind of playfully, we were teasing, joking around, and everybody was teasing her because we were playing some game, I think it was charades or gestures or something, and everybody was teasing her because she was on her phone, but in an area where she could see, like, the other team's cards or her team's cards, everybody was accusing her of cheating, and so... I kept telling her, "Oh yeah, you can't, you can't be cheating." I, oh yeah, right. You're, you're on Instagram. Wink, 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 wink. You know, mm-hmm. and so, she. I'll let her tell her side of the story there, of that night. So, um, it was a conference in the church that I was in, mm-hmm. and I went to. I told my best friend, I said, "You know, you, a conference, you just have to go out. Like, you can't go to your house." back to your house yeah so let me sleep over at your house this week she's like okay so just to make it feel like a conference that i went somewhere so i told her you know what we should have a party and (laughs) everybody out there knows that when i go out to when i'm out there i always like throw parties yeah it's just that i love parties like i love big groups of people just hanging out you know joking around yeah like we do with sylvia and them and just have a good time with fellowship and stuff i love that stuff but I was like, okay, let's have a party. And so we told her brother, and okay, let's have a after party. And I told her, I said, promise me, slap me, punch me, everything, but don't let me, don't let me find anybody this year. Like, don't let me speak to any guys, nothing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, was, if that's what you want. I said, no, I'm serious. Like, I don't, because I had just gotten out of a three year relationship with somebody, and it was, it broke my heart. Like, I didn't want to... I, I hate it, guys, for real. You weren't ready yet. Yeah, I was just... I was just not ready for it. And um, her, her her brother was like, okay, we'll throw this party. You bring this, you bring this, da-da-da. Okay, we'll order pizza. Okay, we'll have fun. There's like 25 people there. And um, he walks in with Andrew and Jalise and our mutual friend. And uh, I knew automatically that they were trying to match him up with these girls that I grew up with. I know them. Yeah. And you don't do, you don't flirt or pick around or do anything with the, that person's, you know, target or yeah. fish or whatever. Yeah. Um, because that's just wrong. You know, you don't do that to your friends. It doesn't matter if they, if you like them, if they think you're cute. If that guy pursues you, then, you know, obviously he didn't like those girls Then go for it, you know? Yeah. But don't intentionally just throw yourself in yeah. their way. Yeah, yeah, that's just wrong. I it's just like, I'm over here. Nope, now you're over here. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's just I was, you know, what it would happen. It would happen if it didn't. It didn't. So I knew he was being matched up with somebody else. He did sit across from me because there was no chairs, so he sat where the fireplace was at, mm-hmm. and um, he kept winking at me. And so I was looking on Instagram, and he kept accusing me of cheating, and I was like, No, I'm not cheating. And then I just kept looking at my phone because he tried to get my attention and wink. And yeah. I was like, dude, they're trying to match you up with somebody else. Yeah. You know, leave me alone. <laughs> so uh, one of our friends comes out and starts speaking Spanish. He's one of the mix, one of the, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just started to speak Spanish and making all these Portuguese, or in Portuguese as well, these different voices and stuff. And... He, Nathan turns around to him and says, starts laughing. Mm-hmm. And they're like talking to him in Spanish. Like, this white guy thinks he knows Spanish. 
And uh, he said, actually, yeah, I do, all in Spanish. Uh -huh. And they were like, whoa, like the whole room froze because this white guy <laughs> knows how to speak Spanish. And, like, and he knows what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we all stopped playing the game just to listen to, to Nathan talk in Spanish. And everybody's like, what? Do you know Spanish? And all, like, I'm telling you, all my friends know Spanish and English there. Yeah. And so we were very amazed. And I was like, well, you know. If he likes one of the girls, they, they, they know Spanish and English, too. So it'll work out. He, uh, he actually looks very close to my first pastor, my first Spanish pastor for the Jeff Hole. Uh -huh. He looks like almost like him. And I was like, oh, that would be a great match, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it was like 2 o'clock in the morning when everybody left, and I went to sleep. Oh, this was the first night mm -hmm. of the conference? Okay. Mm -hmm. 2 o'clock in the morning. The next morning, I was so exhausted, and I realized that um that's when the sister goater came up and said you know this is your year i was like no it's not and i went to go i was about to go to sit down and my friend went to sit down and i noticed he didn't stand up for her to shake her hand but he shook my hand when i went by like he oh. literally got up and shook my hand nathan yeah nathan okay. did and but he didn't do it for my friend and i was like okay whatever i was exhausted my friend comes up the one that i told her to punch me and I said, you know, she said, you know, what about that white guy from California? I said, I told you. <laughs> she's like, she's like, come on. He speaks Spanish. He's white. He speaks English. I was like, I'm exhausted. I was like, okay, yeah, I think he's cute. That's it. <laughs> she's like, dang, that was fast. I was like, I'm exhausted, you know. I was just like out of it. Yeah. And then I think Pastor Wilmoth preached that morning. And he did a really good job with uh, somebody else. I can't remember who else preached. The guy from Brazil. Yeah, another preacher from Brazil. Well, we went out to eat to pick up her cousin. The mutual friend that brought Nathan to the party. We ended up going to the mall to eat. My uh, my friend and her cousin and my mutual friend. And she comes up to me and says, "Hey, you know that California guy?" I was like, "Yeah." And then my friend, my closest friend, says. I was just talking about that to her. And I was like, still out of it. I was like, yeah, you know, I like Subway. I think I'm going to get Subway today. And just like brushed it off because I just was not ready. Yeah. I really wasn't ready. Like, I'm just like, this is not my, this is not my year. Yeah. I had just gotten out of, like, he, pro the guy previously had proposed. We had already made plans. Oh. Everything. And where I was going to live. It was going to be 30 minutes away from my house. And. It was just one of those, like, when you're, when your heart's broken, it's just only God can repair it. Yeah. Only God can. And, and so uh, it's usually at that moment where you're not really looking yeah. to, like, get into something that could possibly break your heart again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, t I went to go get Subway. We ate. And she looks at me and she said, so I asked you a question. Uh, what about the California guy? And I was like, he's cute. I was like, but weren't you trying? She's like, well, you know, he, 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 you know, if he wants to get to know other people instead. <laughs> she's trying to yeah. be, she's trying to be nice without saying, yeah, he's not yeah. interested. He's interested in you. Yeah, and so well, I was cause, like, because the night before, on the way, on the way from that that um, party. party, I had I had, was riding home with um, Andrew, and then Jalisa's younger siblings, mm -hmm. and uh, on the way to where we were staying, I was all. I was like, who is that girl sitting across from me? 
mm-hmm. and they were all trying to figure out. They're like, I don't know who is it. Oh, Jalise will know. Jalise will know. Uh-huh. And so they went to ask Jalise, and then and then they knew. They're like, Oh, that's Yamada. And the mutual friends are, Oh, that's Yamada. Why? Uh-huh. And I was kind of like, Oh. And they're like, Oh, you like her? And I was like, Oh. And she's like, Oh, we'll make this happen. Yeah. And so. Siamata didn't know it, but that's why she was asking. Well, what about that California boy? What? Because she, she was. That's trying. a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> I need a friend like that. Just <laughs> well, she ended up telling me that you know what about her? You know, I was like, well, I guess you know. And I told her, I was like, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm not like ready. She's like, well, we can work it out. That night, the second night of the conference, it's only three nights, so the second night. We went to Spanish ministry, and they went to the English because they have a split. But we ended up meeting at Carolina Owl House. It's like a big sports restaurant, and we went there. And our first conversation we ever had was about babies. <laughs> How many kids we want? How many kids? Well, I think we went to range a conversation that night. It was because Andrew and Jalise were expecting Asher, and um, Andrew was there, and and Nathan and myself, and we, I was like, if I ever have kids, I'm praying to God that I have twins. And Nathan's like, me too. And I was like, and I just want boys. I don't want girls at all, because I was raised with two boys. Yeah, and so. I'm more of like a tomboy. Yeah. I did all the tomboy stuff. Yeah. I was never into the girly stuff. I even tried out for cheerleading and I failed at it. That's how <laughs> bad I am with the girl stuff. And so I was like, I don't want bo- like girls. I want boys. And so that's what our whole conversation. So I probably sounded like I was just saying, yeah, to agree. Because then I was like, oh, yeah, me too. Two boys. That's, you know. But that was our first conversation. <laughs> it oh, really well. was. Yeah, that's we- crazy. I was just thinking about that. It was that, just like, the circumstances. Yeah. Obviously, that just... And then I walked off. I said, like, all right, bye. I walked away and... I got your number that night. No, you got my number the next day we went out to a Mexican restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went to a Mexican restaurant. So we went to this Mexican restaurant the next day. And mind you, her and her friends, she and her friends, all knew that there was a group of at least three to four of us that were hanging out. But at their table, they reserved one seat next to her, <laughs> and it was like everybody else is out out the window. The other three, you you can find your own table. There, there's a seat next to her for him. It was, and so I, was, I felt I felt really uncomfortable, really out of my comfort zone at that point because it was a bunch of people that I don't know, this girl that I like that I'm interested in, uh-huh. and then my friends are like across the restaurant. Yeah. So I was, which it was a smaller was, yeah. place, but. I was really uncomfortable that I was, I don't know that I said like two words, much of anything during that whole time, but they were surprised because, um, we were, they were, oh, they served these like roasted jalapenos with the burrito that I had eaten. And I don't eat in front of people very much. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. I just don't feel comfortable with it. If I if I eat in front of you, it's because I really know you. I've known you for a long time. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, I, it's yeah. just me. And so this roasted jalapeno, and then they were like, oh, no, you won't eat that. You won't eat that. I was like, sure, I will. I eat jalapenos all the time. And I hate it. And then that was another thing. And her friends were like, what? What is this? What is this white boy eating jalapenos and speaking Spanish? <laughs> I was the store manager at the time. 
and I needed to submit my my hours for all the employees mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure it was like a puzzle mm-hmm. because some people say I can't work this day or can I have this day off and I and I need to have enough coverage for the store that I was managing and so I'm like they wanted me to submit at a specific time and they kept texting me mm-hmm. and so that's when I was like okay I need to figure this out I was like sorry but I need to figure this out because I need to turn this in soon so I'm like trying to figure it out then he comes real close and he's like well, you could do this, you could do that, and he, like, helped me through it. But he was so close that all his friends thought that he was kissing me. They yeah, they were trying to kiss me because he was so close trying to like, help y'all me. y'all don't know me better than that. <laughs> Come on now. His mama like, raised him better than that. <laughs> but that's why, one of the things that I do remember, and that was the last, was that the last time yep, I because saw then him? That, because but you then got my number after that I meeting. Got your, I got your number that time because that guy... <laughs> She had to go to the youth service, which again was split from the mm-hmm. English. And so that was the last time, even though there was still a night thing. And then they were like, oh, come hang out. Let's let's meet up. And then it just didn't work out for us to hang out that night. Yeah. So, so that was the last time I saw her until, until January. January. And that was, in, that was at October. October 31st is the night that we met. And it was like November 2nd was the last time that we saw each other until January. Until January. So how long did you wait to text her or call her? Um, so there's a very calculated, very calculated <laughs> time frame that people will wait. They'll be like, okay, you can't, you can't text right away because yeah. you'll seem like you're just like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then you can't wait too long because then it's like, oh, they're not interested. Yeah. So I waited until I think it was the so next So you purposely day. thought about that? Yes. See, it's funny because sometimes I think that only girls think that. Like, sometimes they're like, guys don't care. It's like, who cares? But it's nice to know that they think about that. I, I, my personality type, I'm a thinker. Uh Uh-huh. So I tend, if anything, to way overthink things. Yeah. And so that's where that came from. It was very, very calculated. So you waited three days? I'm just kidding. No. No, I think it was the next. I think it was, it was the next evening. He was heading back to California. Mm-hmm. I was. He was telling me about his flight. And I had I had texted on my <laughs> way to, um, like, as I was about to leave, I texted her. And then um, when I got, when I landed, because you have to turn your phone off or whatever. Yeah, so that kind of works so, out for you. So it's like, I did it, now it's out there, and now my phone's dead. I, so, yeah. so, so if it's heartbreak, yeah, it's okay. I have at least a five-hour flight ahead of me. So, yeah. But then when I landed... Um, I got a text from her that said, welcome home. Aww. And so that was, as soon as I turned my phone on, it said, <laughs> welcome home from her. And so that was cool. Yeah. So that's how we met. <laughs> so how, how, okay. So paint me a picture here. So you started just texting every day from then, or was it like just so gradually started? So process to, um, that I, I always. text like every day though. There was a, we never called each other yet though. No. The process was because, and I always did this with any guy that was interested in me, because I don't know the guy, mm-hmm. but pastors know the guys. Um, I told him, I said, if you want to get to know me, you're going to have to speak to my pastor. Because just there's, to, just to there's talk, so, just many, to like talk to her. so many people that go to church just to go to church, and they're not faithful, they don't do anything, and when you're not leveled to be... Like, if, if I was, I was so involved with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. And if you're not up there with me, then I don't want you around. Because yeah. you're going to just bring me down. And that's just, 
in ministry, that's how it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor's wife, pastor, whatever. It's just any ministry. If you're a Sunday school teacher and, and you're super involved and that person is not involved with you, it's just not going to, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean. Because you're going to be wanting to give your attention here. Yeah. They're going to want you to be giving your attention here instead of saying, let's both give our energy exactly. and attention. Exactly. Yeah. Well, just like I heard one time a uh, preacher, um, I think it was Brother Brandon, the woman talk about that being unequally yoked is more than just don't date the world. It's if you're not, if your goals even in ministry aren't, aren't similar. Yeah. It, it can be a huge hindrance yeah. because if even in the church, I mean, your significant other could be 100% committed to, to God, committed to church, but you feel a call to, to go preach or to go evangelize or go be a missionary, but they, they feel a call to be a good saint. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong to be a good saint. No, you just have to make it, sure. If, you're, if your you're goals not, and where you're headed in. If you're not headed in, in the same ministry, direction, yeah. Correct. Yeah. If you're not headed in the same direction, you can, you can destroy each other's ministry. Yeah. Which is, Brother Brandon and I did a whole episode on being unequally yoked even with a believer. Wow. Right. And so that was a really good podcast, and we kind of talk about that. Just like. N- I mean, you shouldn't just date someone just because they're in the church. Like, you should right. make sure that you're moving in the same direction. Exactly. And whatever that pace is, whether it's, like, you both feel like, hey, this is where I want to give and that's where I'm comfortable. Or, you know, but make sure that you are being lined up with someone or dating someone. And maybe they are a little bit be a little bit behind you, but just make sure that you're moving in the same direction. Right. I actually met a couple who were, it, they were in church, but they were not yoked together. They were just completely different. She was involved with the youth. I mean, she's probably like 35, 40 years old. Involved with the youth, involved with the Spanish, involved with Sunday school, involved with bus ministry. She was so involved. But she was already married to this guy in church. And he didn't do nothing. He was just a good saint. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with being a good saint. But it was just, she's like, lonely. Yeah. Very lonely. And she'll go to the conferences with the young people, hang out with the young people and everything. And... Um, it was just like she was single but married yeah and it was just so weird and it's just like you're supposed to be together yeah and that was something too that um that brandon brother brandon and i talked about in the episode too because it's almost like i mean you guys are married but like me i'm single so there's a part of me that man like i want that like i want to be married i want to be in the church i want to do ministry together like i want to serve together like you know, I want that, but at the same time, I don't ever want to get to a place where I want that so bad that I end up just marrying anyone, mm-hmm. because then I think at some point, I'm married, but it's still not even what I want. Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm married, happy. but I'm still not ma- fulfilled, mm-hmm. because I'm not, the desires of my heart, a part of me that wants to get married is to do the work of the Lord together. Right. It's not right. just to get married just for the sake of being married. Yeah. But I think sometimes... I've seen people want it so bad or want to be a mom so bad that they'll marry to have a family and then it's still not even the full picture. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, that's something that I pray for myself and my single friends that we don't ever get to a place where you want you you want to be married and you want to have kids so bad that you end up just saying, oh, well, you have a baptism certificate, a Holy Ghost <laughs> certificate, you win, you know? Right. But to realize, yeah. like... You have to be. You, it's you have just, to have the same goal, similar, not the same exact, but similar goals, similar direction, similar things that you want. Because if you don't, one of you will will 
hold it, hold the other bag. Yeah. And and then there's there's a natural bitterness that starts to happen, and the, just these things that that can take a long time to to get over, and a long time to to really pray through because because of the fact that you you didn't take the time to make sure that you were on the same page. Yeah. It's rough. It's one of those things. It's very important. So how long did you... So you guys dated long distance then. Majority yes. of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like because it's long distance, people should take longer periods of time to date? Because, I mean, you. I'm not sure if you've listened to some of my podcasts, but Ray and I had a podcast based on how long you should date. And I think everybody's different. I think it really depends on how... When you start having the tough conversations, when you start really just opening up and laying out, where Ray feels like, well, people can say that, but I want to date you long enough to make sure that you're also proving that. Mm-hmm. I think, every, like you said, everybody's different. Yeah. Right. I don't, when I, when I, when he first even decided to really get to talk to him in the phone, just... I mentioned to him, I said, I, I want you to talk to your pastor and your pastor get, like, you get approval because... I want I wanted to make sure that I'm not just marrying a, a good saint. You know, I, yeah. I love good saints, but there's I was doing so much. You and wanted someone that was going to consider ministry and doing the work of the Lord as is important to you as to them. Yeah, right. and I didn't know he was yeah. a preacher at all. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, that was not my goal. My goal was never to ever be a preacher's wife. I never studied go to school to be a preacher's wife. Mm-hmm. I promise you that's one of the things that I try to stay away from because it's a lot of commitment. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of prayer. It's a lot of lonely time sometimes. It's just like you have to pray for a husband more than, you know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> my uh, pastor's wife back then, Sister Goder, who's now gone, uh, she said, so did you meet somebody after the conference? I said, actually, I did. But I had just gotten out of a pretty bad relationship. And my Spanish pastor put a, a, a kind of like a time frame. Yeah. And uh, I said, I said, you know, I did meet somebody. <clears throat> but uh, I'm on a time frame right now kind of a thing. She said, really? She called her husband. It was basically my Spanish pastor's boss. I said, hey, Johnny, come here. And I called him up and showed her. And she went up to him and said, you know, there's this guy that's came out of met, but there's a time frame. And so just passed together and goes like, okay, I'll talk to him. <laughs> and so they all talked and it was approved. And, yeah. Um, but, but, then she, but then she was warned. <laughs> because after, cause after that, we were talking, you know, we went through the whole process. You know, norm, normal guys, mostly a respectful thing. You ask the father, and if you're strong in church, you'll talk to the pastor about yeah. about it. I had to go through two pastors <laughs> and a mom <laughs> and a brother. <laughs> so it was it was interesting. But but I think that one one of the strong bases of that is that if if because I think that it's no matter how long no matter how long or short you date I feel like there will still be times where you're like it's still a step out 
and it's still a time of adjustment. You're going to take a time to adjust to each other because, you know, when, when you've been in church and you're, you're doing things the right way, you know, you don't, you don't live with the person. You don't, you know, do all of these things that are safe for the umbrella of marriage. Yeah. And so it takes adjustment, adjustment to each other. And then in a long distance relationship, there's the adjustment of cultures you know, even from an from in, in an American culture, even from an East Coast to a West Coast standpoint, or West Coast to East Coast standpoint, that cultures are different. Mm-hmm. Oh, cultures. I mean, even even to the point of just just a grocery store visit. Mm-hmm. You know, out here in on the West Coast, generally speaking, obviously there's exceptions to every general rule, but yeah. generally speaking, you don't really talk to your cashier much. Yeah. And they'll look at you crazy if you do. Yeah. And you might get tired. They just want to go home. They just want you to pack up your groceries and get out of the store. Right. But over on the East Coast, if you don't talk to your cashier, you don't have a a conversation. You're rude. Yeah. That's rude. But see, not only that, it's just in the, like you said, the East Coast. Here in, in California, you have mixed cultures of everything. And you do not judge somebody's race or color. Like the skin color at all, mm-hmm. like you, it's just normal. Yeah, you know, it's very common to see mix of everything. Yeah, and that's good. But in in, in the East Coast, it's like mixed marriages it's are, mixed are like what? Not the end, and it's just even this recent trip that I went to North Carolina for two weeks, I was just amazed of how far I've been away from it that I could see the difference now. Because I'm very Hispanic looking. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, and because of everything that's going on around the world now, mm-hmm. a lot of people were being racist. And it's just like, I was just amazed that I lived in that culture. And it's not bad, but it was just, that's how I was raised. Like It just took you an adjustment. Because yeah. here, it's it's not it's not as, at least, yeah. it's very, I don't it's notice. Very frowned, yeah. It's very frowned upon. And so because of that, because of that, everybody wants to make sure that everything's equal and everything's fair all right and good and that's the way it should be you know you shouldn't be treating people differently but like like she was saying over there it's a lot more prevalent i mean what i i even from races to genders to everything i mean you know we visited and we saw we were we were miniature golfing and and a guy goes a guy (laughs) looks at me and he we we were turning in our clubs at the end and he goes he goes Oh, who won? And I was all, I did. And he goes, as it should be, right? Yeah. yeah and then, yeah, and like, then there was wow. just a whole other thing of um, where we were at. This this gentleman was ready to leave. And his wife was talking to another lady. And he was ready to go. And so he told her, come on. And she continued to talk. And he went and he got in an elevator. And then he goes back. He goes, I said, come on. And she she still was talking. He went back to the elevator, and he come and I mean he almost grabbed her by the arm and drug her out of there. And she's like, "Okay, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go." But it's just that that whole different different culture thing, you know. Men Over there, yeah. it's the man is the head. That's the way it is. And the woman's gonna be, you know, the lesser. But that's not the way that it West Coast culture yeah. that it should that it should be. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just depends too, because I'm very like I think men should be the head. But I mean that's biblical. But I yeah. also don't think like 
like it should be treated with like I'm your property or you're right. my master. Yeah, like exactly. I don't think that's fair. I don't either. think it's that strong. No, but, but I'm just yeah. saying I've met yeah. even uh, yeah, in here in California where it's like, yeah. you know, we say we we tease because John Smith used to say, "Woman, get in the kitchen and make me hot pot pie." Like to basically, <laughs> yeah, right. that was his way of saying like I'm the man. You need to learn to play your role. You know, right. but he would do it teasingly yeah. when, when when men would try to step up and. Like act like they were act like they're in church. Just kidding. Yeah. Like step up, you know. He, um, John Smith always say, "Women know your place. Get in the kitchen and make me pop, 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 pop." <laughs> you know. That's funny. Yeah. So it's just like I, I mean, we tease about it, but there are situations where it's it's like that, and I think, um, at least in the church, when 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 people preach, oh, a woman should be a, the, I mean, the man should be the head, and and I think some people get so scared, like that's what he's talking about or the bible is but that's not really the case it's not what he's saying like oh the women you're underneath my feet like it's just i i think i know my place at the right times yeah and i think it it comes down to like that might be a kind of that that whole mindset of you're under my thumb you're subservient is kind of that whole i'm 99 percent of this relationship you're one percent type of a thing but that's not the way that I view it. I don't think that that's the way that it should be viewed. Like, for me, it's more of a 51% and a 49%. Ultimately, the man has the responsibility to be the head of the family, to lead, to do, to make the decision. Yeah. But the woman should still have a say, should mm-hmm. still have an opinion still have a that voice. is considered. Yeah. yeah. That is, and Yeah. You know, and to me, it's like, I always wanted it something where it was like that, where if we were making a big decision about our family... At least hear me out and hear my side. And then if you feel led by God or you feel like that's not the right direction, <laughs> then I'll follow. But at least entertain my idea. Yeah. <laughs> or at least pretend like you yeah. agree or you could agree or you value. Yeah. I think that's something that I feel like at least when I've talked to people is something I really look for. Like, man, do they value me as a person? Because eventually, I mean, not eventually, but don't know what word I'm trying to use here in reality you've lived life too so there are things right. you're gonna know that you can bring to the table that maybe nathan doesn't see right you know so to me i think it's it's good to yeah. to see both sides because oh, yeah. girls think differently and women think differently and mm-hmm. and where you were raised in life thing life experiences that you've gone through are different than nathan's been able to and he may look at things a different way that you could help him see things different or vice vice versa right. but i think when you aren't open to say okay let me hear your opinion or at least yeah you know value it enough to say okay i know that you've lived life i know that you've been through things so there's probably something you can offer and be valuable with nathan though it's very easy to just be like mm, i don't know this you know i'm very open about things mm-hmm. and a lot of people will tell me you know you need to shut up because you talk too much because <laughs> i'm very open about things like, yeah i could just lay it out and I've, I've, in the past few years, I've learned to know how to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. But um, I'll point out a lot of things that I'm like, hey, you know, this is how I think it should go. And you're like, why? And I'll explain. He's like, well, I can see your point of view on it. It's not wrong or right. It's just that's how I view things because yeah. of the way I was raised. Yeah. Um, when here, it's not like in California there's no I don't feel like there's much of a men supposed to be over their wives as much but it is it is in the south so when I'm out there I'll let him you know be the head of the household <laughs> you'll I'll play your him, role a little I'll better play, yeah, I'll play my role. Once, actually right after we got married we, after our honeymoon 
we got back and there's a birthday party and like i said it's very like women supposed to serve their husbuands kind yeah. of a deal and um <laughs> it was a birthday party and they invited us and i said okay and everybody's all excited because we just got married and you know all super it's gonna be a wife and, you know not many people could see me as a mom or a wife out there uh-huh. i have no idea why but even when i went out with johnny they were like it's just really strange to see you as a mom like you don't look like a mom i'm like okay so then they invited us to this birthday party and they're like sumara come over and all in spanish we're like come serve your husband and i told him i said look don't get used to this because it's not gonna happen <laughs> she's, like, she's go. like yeah yeah i'll serve him I and serve she gets him. close and kind of don't you get used to this <laughs> you know and i told her i don't ex- I, i've never been the type to expect that yeah yeah and that's one thing that i really liked about him his personality is that he wasn't expecting me to be the the actual like wash your feet servant kind of stuff yeah because there's a lot in the spanish culture it's like i'm gonna do everything i'm gonna wash your clothes i'm gonna wash this i'm gonna do that all this for you yeah you know and my mom taught us not to just my mom was very independent, so you wash your own clothes. My brothers yeah. knew how to iron, how to wash clothes, how to cook, bake. They knew how to do all that stuff. Yeah. So. And, too, I think it has a lot to do with the way you were raised because, <laughs> mm-hmm. to me, I saw my mom be, I mean, she was very independent. She didn't always have a significant other. She took care of us when she needed to. But when there were times that she was in a relationship, she was more of the giver. And oh, so to really? me, when I look at a wife and a mom and I like, that's what I see. Like, okay. You know, I always say this when you're dating, he is more attentive to you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one that serves you. He, you know, does all these things. He <laughs> takes you out on dates. But then like, I've always assumed that when you get married, it's almost like the roles reverse. Like the woman's doing more of the serving, do you know? Like, yeah. and, and that's, oh, what yeah. that's how I view it oh, yeah. based on just what I've seen. I'll as tell my you, mom. it's more of a Mexican culture. It's very Mexican. It's a very Mexican culture that they serve and serve and give and give and give after they get married. Yeah. And it's like, I understand what you're saying. That during the dating phase, um, the husband, you know, the boyfriend gives and doesn't this, but the dating phase doesn't last long. I know. We need more phases. <laughs> I know. So it's like. It was, it was 13 months from when we met to getting married. 13 months. 13 months. Yeah. So, um,. But with him, he knew my culture, and I, I'm a very Americanized slash Hispanic. Yeah. So, I'll do my like you said. I'll be my my role at the right times. But yeah, like, no. But you can you got your own two feet, your hands. You can serve yourself. And so I think a lot of it could be like culture, personality, yeah. just the way you were raised. Mm-hmm. A lot of different things could could go into Factor how you view. It. And so to me, it's like at the end of the day, it doesn't make your situation right or wrong. It makes that. If you would have married someone that expected that, it would have probably been a lot worse yeah. than it would oh, be yeah. if you found someone that's like, hey, that's not a value I set. Yeah. I like, spoke to a lot of Hispanic, like Hispanic, Hispanic, born in the Spanish yeah. countries. I spoke to several one and they were the same, that idea of you're the woman and you're yeah. supposed to do this. Or and they wouldn't speak the English language correctly yeah. and it was just kind of... Yeah, I'm not going to be able to deal with this. Yeah, and so that's why, to me, I think in any given relationship, when you're picking someone or you're going through that dating process, I think one of the most important things that you can find is just someone that values the same things that you're going to value. Yeah. Like I said, if if he wanted someone that was going to serve and and wash his feet and iron his sheets for him and bring (laughs) bring him breakfast in bed, like if that was something that he held value in... And then you didn't feel that fit. It's like, again, even 
tired. Yeah. You're you're un, you're unequally yoked even outside of the spiritual things. Yeah. Right. But to say, hey, babe, that's not what I expect. If you do it, great. If you don't, hey, that's that's it's fine, fine too. You know. So I think that's important. Where to me, like, I feel like that's just something I want to do. I but I feel. Like, I've been in relationships or I've heard people talk about where it's like, no, she's going to do this and that's where I check out. I want to do it more like <laughs> because I want to. The moment I'm told to, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. You, you have two feet. You can get up and get it. <laughs> but if, like, if I just, I'm like, oh, I want to do this, like, because I want to and, like, you don't expect it and I want it to be surprised or, like, I like spoiling people. But the minute it's almost like you have to because I, like... Then it becomes a chore and a job, and I, I got enough jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you really do. And I think, I think that's, and that, that, <coughs> that's one thing that you have to, even going into a relationship, you got to be careful of, is changing yourself from one extreme to or from who you are into something completely different. Because even in my own life, in, in, um, in, in my parents, my mom, she can be tough and stubborn and that's how she grew up she was yeah. tough you know very independent she's type a personality very, yes yeah. yes very very much so and when she was getting married she was told she, her pastor gave her the right direction to say well you have to be be careful to control that because because you are the woman because yeah. you are going to be the wife yeah you know and you do have to be obedient to your husband and you do have to to do that but it kind of went to an extreme where she then where she pulled back kind of completely who to, she was could just be walked all over and it yeah. didn't matter and that and i th- and i think that that's generally something that every person can can be careful of is is if there's something that that you need to change, need to work on. It's very important to to pray and ask God to help you have a balance as you're changing it. Yeah. Because to go from one extreme to another to a complete opposite extreme is not always the right answer, and and can be very damaging to a relationship and to things. Like yeah, because then you're also it's almost like unintentionally you be come someone you're not so it's like you're not even operating and and you're not happy yeah i can't see somebody being happy being somebody else that they're not yeah like your personality changes and i don't see somebody being happy that way that goes back to what i say. i think i say this in every podcast where i say i kind of want someone to accidentally fall in love with me mm-hmm. because then i feel like if they accidentally fall in love with me that just <laughs> means that i was just being me because i tend to like when i like someone i tend to freeze up so then I become like this very quiet, like I don't talk, you know, I get in my head and then people are like, right, you're always like, you just get so quiet that this is not who I am. I'm very loud. I'm very entertaining. I'm very funny. How did somebody accidentally fall in love? I don't know, you but I just meant like first. you have become friend, genuine friends, you know, where it's not, okay. I mean, I don't As even think people that's would rude. say get friend zoned or yeah. whatever. I, I mean, I'm not saying that purposely, but I just say like, I know when I like someone, I just kind of like, huh. <laughs> like, I just shut down. Like, I don't know what to say. Really? Like I get very like. like it like so so i think that's why you say that like no and in reality where it's like it usually takes me a little while to warm up Mm -hmm. when i'm not usually like that Mm -hmm. and that's like if you met me as a like friend if i was your friend and i and i didn't like have any interest i could like be myself but usually when i like someone i just like just like oh what do i do like i get so quiet and i just don't know what to say because 
it's funny. But that's right. I mean, I'm just saying that to say Nathan's point of view, where it's like, for for a few weeks, someone could think I'm totally different than I actually <laughs> am until they get to know me. Um, and it's not like you do that intentionally, but I think some people just, it's easy to get in your head and be like, oh, should I, should I be, like, what should I do? Like, you know, what should I say? You know? And right. Then, you know. That's why I think it's like it takes it. Sh- you should at least take a little while to get to know someone. Like Definitely. with the pure basis of just being someone's friend for a little bit, so it takes the pressure off. Like, oh man, I have to do this or I have to be this. But and I think you are the decider of how long that takes. Right. You know how long your friends, you know, yeah. emphasize not really friends but like friends, and then how long you date. I think because I think friends for two months. I think. No, a month and a half. No, a month. <laughs> we yeah, <were>, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we were friends for two for a month. And then he sent me flowers and a teddy bear. And it said, would you be my girlfriend? And then I said yes. So you sent that to her, like, in the mail? Well, the have you in the mail? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't show up with it? <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I sent he, it. December 5th, 2013. Mm-hmm. You don't remember. <laughs> he's a, I, I remember. Yeah. He's. I remember paying for the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you guys fun. knew knew each other, dated, were friends all in thirteen months. Yes, met from the time <clears throat> that we met to the time that we got married was thirteen. So the months. reason why is I had just gotten another like a bad relationship. So, so I you think him. that was you, you think that was a good enough? Like you feel like being long distance? You think that was. Like, if you could do it over, you feel like you would have waited any? Or you would have just done it sooner? I think we both... That's actually one thing that we were both on the same page with. Yeah. The time frame. Um, because I remember very early on, she told me, but she didn't even have to, because I, before I even met her, I had already I had already decided in my own mind, like, my own time frame was roughly 12 months. That was just one of my things you know 12 months if if it's much longer than that to in my opinion it's like you're wasting time especially because i was 28 and you know getting older and i was like you know but but but, um that was just my my own mindset and so then um she told me she was like you know if if in 12 if in a year you're not ready to at least propose like Let's just not even waste our time. I just, like I mentioned, it, it, where I come from, where I, that stage in my, in my life, it was just like, I don't want to waste my time. Oh, like, you don't want to get, you don't want to invest in it and then yeah, it, it's and then like, it not work again. I mean, you can invest in him say, yeah, and then it not work because of God things are just not mutual. Just but not, at the same time, yeah. you just want to know that we're both moving this car to end up here if you're wanting to take the long grain the back of the scenic route the long then find someone that wants to take that route too i want to go from here yeah like i want to i want yeah. i have a purpose that's what i told him i said and look if if this if you're if we're if this is to get married it's not to just date like don't just date to date date to marry like the mindset if you're gonna actually be friends be friends as long as you want to be friends with somebody but if you're ready to date, go on dates with somebody, have the mindset of this is who I'm going to spend time with for the rest of my life. And if during that potential. dating stage, yeah, potential, if during that dating stage you're just like, yeah. I don't see it. I don't like the way you eat your food. I actually went out with this one guy one time, 
on a date. We were friends and we went on a date. And he had food in his mouth and talked with food in his mouth. And that was one of my pet peeves. I was like, I can't do it. That was the last time I ever like went on a date with yeah. him. Yeah. I couldn't do it. It's just that's just I'm not gonna change somebody. Yeah. Like I don't want somebody to change me and I'm not gonna change somebody. Yeah. It's just hard. Yeah. People are people, that's your personality, you be you. I'm all for it. But I'm not gonna change somebody. If you're not gonna be able to eat with, you know, your mouth closed <laughs> I'm done. And I think that could, that that goes to another important point too in somebody that's dating or considering you know somebody as a serious potential like don't I've heard pastors say it this way you keep your eyes wide open while you're dating and then you have to because you have to shut them when you're married because when you're married it's forever yeah and so you know you have to you have to go into it and say okay is that is what's going on is this thing is that a make make or break deal is that a deal breaker for me yeah. And it can be to the to the most tiniest of things. I don't like the way Betty walks down the street. I'm just an extreme example. Yeah. But whatever it is, you have to decide, is that a deal breaker for me? Because when you're married, it's forever. Yeah. You make a promise before God, before your friends, before your pastor, before everybody that hey, we we've made this commitment, we're making this commitment, it's it's a forever deal. And so at that point, if I decide, you know what, I don't like the way that she walks down the street, tough luck, you got to deal with it, you know? Yeah. And, and then when you, when you get into that, that committed, when you, when you've made that vow forever, one of the important things, which like, that goes right along with what she was saying is don't try to change the other person. I think a lot of time can be wasted in trying to change somebody else because ultimately it's the same with an alcoholic, with a druggie. You can't force them to not be an alcoholic or a druggie. They have to decide, I'm going to change. You can't force somebody to change something. They have to make the decision I, that they want to change. And so when, when you're married, it's more of, okay, God help me to work on me, on my half of the marriage, and help them to work on their half of the marriage too and if two people have made that commitment and really intend to keep that commitment then they'll both be working on themselves which in turn works on on the marriage together yeah yeah it's it's rough that's one of the big things I do I never heard that saying to pastor but I make sense like you really have to keep your eyes open yeah, because it's like anything in life. If you focus on the negative, like, that's what becomes the loudest. So it's like, is there negative in every relationship? Yeah. Is there is there quirks that you can't stand about every person? Yeah. But it's like, I can't focus on that because then that becomes the loudest picture. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep my eyes close to that and try to, like, look for what he does right, what she yeah. does right, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's kind of all you can do when you get married because if you only focus on the negative eventually you're going to get to the point where you that's all you see when you look at a person is a picture of all their flaws Mm -hmm. so you just have to like paint a picture of sometimes even praise them in your head so you're like yeah you're really good at that but i want (laughs) to shoot you right now you know i'm not married i'm just saying like i think that's what it's gonna be like so just throwing my two pointers so in ending this i'm gonna ask you two final questions if i was going to get married next week and I only talked to you two before I got married. And I said, 
if you could only give me one piece of advice going into marriage, what would it be? Save money. You have to have money. Anything could happen. Really, anything could happen. If you want to be financially, have some emergency fund or something. Because I was expecting, I'm going to come here, I have my manager skills, I got, I'm going to get a job fast. And it was just one of those things that was like, it didn't happen until like a year and a half later. And I'm a, I'm a, I love to work. You know, people say, you know, you could be a housewife. I hated being a housewife. Yeah. That's not one of my things, but save money now that you're single. Keep it stashed, invest in it, do something with that money, save it. Because your husband could get sick, um, job loss. I mean, I'm happy with the economy that's happening now, but there are some job losses right now. Even yeah. in the company that I'm in, yeah, we just laid off. So even when you're, if you're single right now, save money. And then when you're married, instead of getting caught up and probably going out and doing all this stuff, it's probably what you're saying, it, just yeah. save, like, save money. Save even when you're married, it, yeah. be wise about be, money. Yeah, be wise, be wise about your finances. Yeah. What about you, Nathan? That's mine. Um, I think it would be, it would be what I've, the, kind of the things that I've mentioned even already like um if you're getting married next week i would probably say just be sure you know be 100 percent sure and be ready for for whatever and be ready to to constantly work at your marriage be ready to constantly work at your marriage because it's it's not to it not to scare anybody away but to be prepared it's a constant thing a lot of people get that whole mindset of we're gonna live happily ever after and then marriage comes a real deal and they're like well we're not supposed to be like this or this or this or this boy we have a terrible marriage no marriage is a constant work and it's a constant growing and and it's a constant being being in love choosing to be in love which isn't a feeling yeah because, and I think that's where a lot of people get confused, is they think that love is a feeling. And so when all the butterflies in the honeymoon stage is gone, they're like, okay, then our marriage is over. But, but you choose to be in love. You choose to say, hey, you know, I love you no matter what. Yeah. With all of your flaws, my flaws, I love you. Yeah. I once heard a preacher say this, and I thought it was hilarious. They said... You can't force an emotion, right? I can't force you and say, Nathan, be happy. See, right. be joyful. Yeah. Like, you know, like, be angry. Like, you can't do that. And so it's the same thing. I can't force you to say, be in love. You know, it's just like, it's something like being joyful and being happy is something you have to choose to do. Right. Being in love is something you have to choose. It can't just be a feeling. It can't be an emotion. And so he was just saying, like, I have to choose to say I love my wife, even though right now I don't like her. Even right now she's, like, a very upsetting to me or getting me upset. I have to choose to say I'm still going to value. I'm still going to love her. I'm still going to respect her in this moment because I'm choosing to do that. Yeah. Like, I'm. it's not an emotion. I don't feel. He said, and he said this too. He's like, I didn't wake up when my baby cried. Oh, yeah, I feel like being like a dad. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm so happy I get to wake up at four in the morning and, you know, I have to go get him out of bed. But, it, you know, it was more like, no, I'm choosing to be a dad right now. Right. And even in those moments, I have to choose to be a husband. I have to choose to be a wife, even when my my emotions aren't telling me that. Yeah. Right. So I just think that's funny because I just heard that one. 
you saying that. <laughs> so the last question and wrapping this up for the people that listen to my podcast that are single, if you, I think you kind of maybe hit on this with the saving the money, but if you can do it, if you could tell a single person that was single something now that you're on the other side, what would that be? You're married. <laughs> like no. basically for people that are single because you guys are married. So sometimes it's easy to fantasize about being married when you're single. It's easy to be like, Oh man, if I was married, it wouldn't be. And sometimes you just got to realize that there are things that you can do right now that when you're single, you don't think about because you're only looking at this, you know, the grass is always greener type of thing. On, or you feel like it's always green on the other side instead of saying like what are things that I can do as a single individual that maybe you thought like man if I could be single again I would have I would do this or I would work on this or and that's why I said you kind of hint it when you like about saving money mm-hmm. yeah that's I think the two things would be saving money like she said just learning to be wise with finances because that that'll be a a lifelong tool a- asset yeah. for you and to throughout the dating process don't become blinded by by the emotion of what you think loving is um, it's you know people that people that know your significant other I mean don't you don't have to go do a background check on them and, and get every single detail. But, but at the same time, you know, talk to people that know them. You know, hey, you know, what are they like? Try it because, because when you find the person that you think is that, is, this is going to be my, my other one. That, that old saying of becoming blinded by love can be true. And you can miss red flags you can miss things and you know i've seen seen it in relationships you can miss miss things that it was like how in the world could you miss that yeah but because you're so close to the situation where if you if you you know don't don't go take a poll from everybody random people but people that are close to you that, that can that can see from a third person's perspective it's I think that's important to I think yeah the money one is a big deal Mm -hmm. what he's saying is a big deal too about you know don't if you see red flags that's just like you like you said okay I'm done checked out yeah but also don't rush it like if you're gonna be a mom you're gonna be a mom like God's got a plan for each person yeah at its own pace like don't I was I was 25 when I got married and people had already gotten married like at 18 19 20 and I was just in in the south you're an old maid yeah you know that's just you're done you're just forget it and I'm to me I was like I'm not gonna rush it like this is it when I told him I was like if we're gonna date let's have the mindset of getting married don't just date me just to date yeah to just say you have a girlfriend or post it on Instagram. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, but don't date, like, you know, be, I feel like just don't rush it. That's the one thing is don't rush getting into a relationship. Don't rush getting into a marriage. Don't rush to have a child. It will happen at its time. Right. It, it just, and that's what we goes back to kind of what we talked in the beginning. If you do those things, you could end up being married and it not be 
what you could have had if you would have just been a little bit more patient. Yeah. If you, you would have just waited a little longer, you know, things would have worked out for you different. But you could have, you got so blinded on this picture that you kind of made it happen. Yeah. And then it's almost like, like you were saying, that lady that you knew that was, I she know. married and she she probably did desire to be a wife. And But when she looked at her, saw her marriage, it was probably doing the work of the Lord together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's unfortunate that if you don't wait and really seek God and seek counsel that you could make a bad decision and then that bad decision you kind of have to say okay I made this decision now I gotta go before God and allow him to change it or move it and push it and that process could be years Mm -hmm. before you end up having the marriage that you dreamed of you know right and that's why it's so important to to always be working on yourself and like I said, don't try and change somebody else because the only person you can change is you. Yeah. And the only person you can allow God to change is you. And so say, God, make me the husband or the wife that I need to be. And I feel like you can start doing that when you're single because the more Absolutely. you know yourself, the easier you can say, this is who I am. Like, this is what I can offer because I know myself well enough to know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, like, like you, I'm not a servant. I'm not serving you. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to be this. This is exactly. who I am. Oh, and I you knew him. that. Yeah. I told him before we got married, I said, you know who I am? And that's that's it. Even even after after we were married, it's like, well, you knew who you were getting married with. So deal with it's it. It's on you. <laughs> and, and You're stuck with me. You signed the dotted line. That's, that's on right. you. Exactly. <laughs> And I think that that's one thing. That's one thing that no matter how old you are, yeah. when you start getting interested in girls or in guys, start praying for your husband or wife. People may may laugh at you and think, oh, oh, it's you're twelve, you're thirteen. Why are you praying for your husband or wife? But you know what? Pray for your husband and your wife, and pray that God will will give you the desires of your heart, what you want, but also what you need. Because yeah. God knows us better than I That's one thing ourselves. I did do. But this was before I was like in my 20s. It was pray for my husband. Yeah. I didn't that know who I was going to marry at all. But I prayed for him that God would financially help him, give him wisdom, protect him, give him a good job, you know, whatever it was. I always prayed for that person. And I didn't know who it was going to be at all. But it was just, like you said, pray for that spouse. Because, I mean, only God knows, you know. Yeah, and he only he knows what pieces he's moving around. Like, who would have thought Nathan was going to have to fly all the way to, like, North Carolina yeah. and be at a game night? And so sometimes the little moments that you think really aren't big moments, it's like, you know, God maybe was setting him up to where he needed to be at the that's right sure. time, yeah. you know? And that's the thing. Like, I had somebody um, tell me to, um, before, they were somebody that had known me for years in the church. And this, this lady, she said, she said, pray for your wife specifically and she said make a specific list write it down if you want of everything that you want in a wife i did the same thing and i did that and and simara is everything that i wanted in that 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 list down i can check everything off boom 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 and more because that that was one thing when i prayed for my wife i said god i want a latina that can cook you know, all of these things that, that that I had my specific, and then my last request always was, and give me what you know that I need. And I think that that's important. <laughs> that's so funny. I don't have a list. Maybe I should make a list. <laughs> no, seriously. No, I, I mean, it's too. like I have, like, a general list in my head. Like, okay, like, I 
this and this and this, but I've never like written an actual list down. I guess to me, because I just feel like I never want to get so caught up on the list that I would n- would miss and someone that maybe could be something that I need, you know? Because I feel like if I would have written a list, it would have changed so many different times by now. I'm a like pretty indecisive person, <laughs> so that's why Rose would just oh. tease me the other day. She's like, Lorraine, you need someone that's like solid, like stable, because oh, yeah. not that I'm not stable. That's on it, but just like to <laughs> me, it's like I can like sunflowers today, and then tomorrow roses. You know, it's just like oh. I just, I just I like everything. You know, yeah. that sounds good. You know, so I need someone that's a little bit like I can make decisions if I need to, but I, to me, it's like I need I'm okay with someone leading me. Yes. And I couldn't marry someone that wasn't okay with, like, taking the reins, being a leader. If someone's real passive or just, oh, you know. Whatever. Yeah, then I'd be like, okay, this is what we're doing. See, that's how we are. I'm like, let's do this, and we're going to do it this way. Things could change, but let's do it. Like, I'm a very director person kind of yeah. person. And he's like, if you want to, all right. Where do, what's, where, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And then I'm like, when I ask him just to, for him to take the reins, like mm-hmm. you're saying, it's whatever you want. <laughs> Wherever you want to go, I want to go. And I'm like, okay, you say so. Okay, I'm driving. <laughs> I'm okay with driving most of the time, but even like driving, I don't want to drive. Like I told somebody the other day, I want to get married just so that my husband can drive me around because I hate driving. <laughs> so then when you pray, make sure you pray for a man that loves to drive. He hates yeah. to drive. He I did that because well because I did it for yeah. years at my job, no. and so I'm like I I do not like driving. I'll do it because I know traditionally the man drives yeah. and all of that, but I'll drive most of the time. But I like if, to drive. If, I love to drive. If I can, I'm like, hey babe, <coughs> you want to drive? Yeah, I'll drive. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, I love to drive. I used to take road trips all the time by myself. Really? Wherever. I mean, I like to if I'm in a group of, like, friends and we're all going. I don't mind driving. But normally everyone laughs because it's usually like, hey, where are we going? Um, whose car are we going and who's driving? <laughs> but, I'm not. You're my friend. friend. We, already know. we already have this deal figured out that Lorraine's probably not driving. Yeah. <laughs> but... Thank you guys for letting me talk to you and just pick your ear and get to know you a little bit better and understand you a little bit better, you know? Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Understand your, your, just kidding, your mess of a puzzle. Just kidding. There you go. Well, the the best way to learn from, to learn when you're not in this, in the spot before you get there is to do it. And I guess I think that's why I do this. Like someone asked me like, Lorraine, why do you do this? Do you think it's making you more like, do you think it makes you more depressed? Like interviewing married people with you not being married. But I kind of thought about it for a second, but I really think that I love knowledge. Like I love being as prepared as I possibly can before a situation. So to me, I feel like it's good to, to realize that every marriage is different because then I feel like when I get married, it's not going to be like, Oh, we're not like this, so we must be failing. Or like, oh my word. You're you know, different. You know, yeah, everybody's like, different. Everyone's going to have issues. And I heard someone say, like, even after they got married, they wondered if I married the wrong person. And it's like, if you get married and then yeah. you think that, you could think, oh, I did. But it's like, it's normal so maybe to, to yeah. question that. Oh, and yeah. if you don't know that ahead of time, you could think, I shouldn't be, th- if you were the right one, I wouldn't think this. Yeah. Right. But to know that, hey, there's going to be periods of time where you think, I just made the huge, the biggest mistake of my life, and I think because it's just sometimes, and I've met people that have never thought that, and that's good and good yeah. for them. So it's just good to know that 
whatever situation you find yourself in, mm -hmm. you may have different questions. And I think the more prepared you are that it's not just this honeymoon stage forever. Oh, yeah. You know, there's things that need to be worked out and there's kinks that you're going to have to work through. Right. And I think in, in working through those too, the one one piece of advice that was, that was given to me that I think is super, super important for any marriage because when you're married, you're with the person like almost 24 seven, you know, time. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very, it's very easy to see the negative things, but I was told you cannot pick at your marriage. So don't, if you start questioning, did I write, did I marry the right person? You got to pray. God, take that away from me. Yeah. You, if you, if you're going through your dating relationship and you're praying about it and you're really seeking the will of God as, as well as dating, God and you're you're right with God and you love God. God's not gonna let you marry the wrong person. Yeah. Granted, people have their own choices and things can happen. And yeah. Sin can enter and things can happen. That changes everything. But yeah. but if you are both seeking the will of God and saying God help us, God will not allow you to marry the wrong wrong person. Yeah. And so, and so don't pick at it. Don't. Question. That's really good because I feel like people made like people. I've seen married couples do that in public, and to me, I think that's like, and when the you pick it, when you pick at it, I mean, to, you know, symbolically, a lot of marriages, a lot of weddings, they tie the knot and they do all this <laughs> yeah. and that whole saying you're you're tying a knot. Well, if you pick at a knot long enough, it's gonna come, unravel and come apart. Ooh, Nathan, that's and so good. If you, pick it, you, can't, you can't pick at it. You just yeah. you gotta pull at your ends and make that knot mm -hmm. tighter. That's, I think we're going to end there, brother. Good job. <laughs> That's funny. We're going to end there. We're trying to end.